Hey everybody, welcome back. This is JFTW with HCK 3.0, also known as Joy for the World with Hannah, Cam, and Keiko. 3.0 because we are in our last chapter of this book that we have been talking about and kind of sharing our experiences and our reflections, which has been great. Um, and again, this is our purpose is just to simply share our reflections and implications through what we have learned from Forster and just like listening to each other's heart on how we have been kind of responding to the social norms of our world and to be and as Christians of how we are living in our lives. So speaking of the overview, Hannah Hunt. (laughs) Yeah. So this section of the book was called, he comes to make his blessings flow. Um, It was kind of building on the other two sections and talking about how, our, um, how we as Christians should interact with different institutions um, in our society. And he compared it a lot with how non-Christians interact with these institutions. Three main institutions that he talked about were um, sex and family, work and economy, and then citizenship and community. Um, and he really, he emphasized how much our social nature matters to our lives in society so we as christians shouldn't our Mm. goal should not be to be outside of society we should want to be the ones influencing society and interacting with it in a positive way so next we're going to talk about a couple of our takeaways from this section of the book yeah so the first takeaway we're going to be talking about um the topic of sex and family um so our discussion when we were having it in the class was more on the focus of like being careful and not letting society influence our views on sex and family. Um, so Keiko was making a really interesting points. So I'm going to let her take it away first with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off with something that's kind of, that I feel like needs to be talked within the church more that I don't feel like is. And that's kind of <laughs> the normalcy between um, this sex before marriage, right? That, um, that kind of non-Christians are kind of going by um, nowadays. And as Christians, the Bible is saying that we, uh, sex is a beautiful thing and it's to do after marriage, right? And so it's kind of, and Forster brings it up here a lot and it just brings uh, unity to both both parties, men and women. Um, and so... <laughs> I don't know, as I was reading this chapter, I kind of was thinking about just the different normalcy between non-Christians and Christians. And I'll explain by saying that a lot of the times non-Christians will obviously have sex before marriage um, and they will um, say that it's just an experience before they get into something more serious. Um, And that I don't know, and I was telling Cameron and Hannah that I don't know what the rates are, if that even helps with divorce rates, um, to kind of see if you are just bodily, like, connected to one another, spiritually and mentally. Um, But then there's the other side of Christians where I feel like, and I witness a lot of this, but a lot of couples kind of rush into the relationship Um and get married just to have, and I I don't want to say just because I am not going to just, you know, put in someone's heart of (laughs) what they feel about marriage, but 
I'm saying it kind of <laughs> seems like some people rush their relationship and you know their love for one another to be married and I'm talking Christians um so that they can have or they have the ability to kind of have the the sex portion of the relationship mm-hmm. and so reading this chapter was really 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 interesting because um I kind of highlighted one portion of it and it says that in fact um Forster said this in page 184 and it says in fact Sexual desires are much more spiritual needs than physical ones. And so um, he was he was actually talking about Christians on this one. says, today I even think most Christians, including married Christians, think about sexual desires only in terms of bodily needs. And I feel like I'm going on a rant now, but like before this portion of, <laughs> of this page, he was talking about how some sexual desires are wrong because instead of um wanting to um feel the need we there's something that needs to be filled there's like a void in us that needs to be filled and some people think that sexual desires will cover that and so he was kind of talking Mm -hmm. about like what fills that void and so it's really interesting to think about christians and non-christians i'm not saying that the bible is wrong right like that's not what i'm saying at all as christians we are to respect um marriage and like and sex and to do it right after but then there's like this the shame that kind of gets put on non-christians um for doing it before um but then there's no shame in christians who kind of rush and just basically um zoom through their relationships just to get through the sexual desire if that makes any sense okay so i'm gonna let somebody take it away because i'm definitely ranting now um, so anybody wants to kind of speak on that or yeah i think one of the things like i've noticed too is the normalization of christians having mm-hmm. sex before marriage or christians living together um which kind of has surprised me because the way i was raised like that was always mm-hmm. forbidden like you didn't do that Um, but, like, now I can think of, like, friends that I have or people that I know that, like, would call themselves Christians and, like, have that relationship with God, but they're living together with somebody else before marriage, um, or they're hooking up with somebody. Um, I think it just really goes to show how much our society and our societal values influence our Christian faith Mm -hmm. as well, um, because society obviously doesn't really see anything wrong with having sex before marriage, like, there's a whole thing where they say you have to find mm-hmm. out if you're sexually compatible before you get married. Like, that's one of the things you have to do. Um, and I think Christians are really mm-hmm. starting to yeah. buy into that narrative a well, lot more. And I feel like, I don't know if this is how you guys were too, but I feel like growing up in the church, they didn't really talk about sex. So any mm. time you learned about sex, it was mm-hmm. through society. Yeah. Like, it wasn't through the church. It was like, if you're going to learn anything, it's like, yeah. I went to public high school, and that's where I learned everything yeah. about sex. Right. It wasn't through church yeah, or youth group that point. we learned anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's hard for the youth growing up right now to be able to focus on the Lord and what the Bible says because the church, it's like a taboo topic. Like, we only say abstinence. And, yeah. like, in Christian schools, too, like, being a teacher, mm-hmm. they don't talk about that. Yeah. And it's, like, frustrating because it's, like, it's part of life and it needs to be talked about, but it's avoided so many times in church. 
And I just want to, like, point out that there's, like, mm-hmm. thousands of reality show now that are just based on finding somebody who are you're, you are capable, you know, whatever, just mm-hmm. match with. And to find that person, you have to go through sex. And it's, like, all recorded. And, it, uh, you know, the whole relationship is basically being filmed. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. constantly just teaching our youth on, like, what is morality nowadays. And so that's kind of just what I want to touch on. But, um, all right, our next point. Yeah. yeah, so our next takeaway, um, in the next chapter, Forster talks about work and the economy. Um, he specifically is talking about how we should be viewing work mm-hmm. as a mission field. Um, in a way, he says, like, we should view work as an opportunity for us to make um, like our little corner of the world better. The people we impact people we interact with um, to make that a better, more holy place. Um, So one of the things he talked about was not only talking about our like personal job, like this is where you go, you make money, that's it. But as college students, Mm. we have internships, we have classes, we have um, just like church responsibilities and all of that can be seen as work um, and really just like taking away the idea that work can only be something you get paid for that you may yeah. not love. Like it's just a job. That's what it is. But work is is a good thing and it's a way for us to be a mission field. Uh, yeah, I'll kind of speak a little bit on this. Um, I was actually it was just this week that I had um that I was thinking through about work right now I'm working at Amazon I know we spoke about work in previous podcasts about before wildlings so just meeting like um non-christians and christians <laughs> there but at work I'm working at Amazon currently and mm-hmm. this week I and in Amazon you're kind of just working in your own little cubicle you kind of just do your thing you barely really speak to anybody unless you need something but and I'm totally an extrovert and I like talking so sometimes I force (laughs) I force people to talk to me (laughs) so that time goes by faster um but this week I just was not in the mood to really talk to anybody I was just trying to act like an introvert I was like just let me do my job so I can get this money and go home okay um but I met two people who (laughs) I then figured out um, to be Christians by the end of our conversation um, and I don't know if you have if you have the ability or have you ever experienced um, talking to a stranger and just by three minutes of talking you kind of just like know their whole life story um, but that's what happened with two of these people <laughs> and I was reminded by this ex- after this exhausting week that wherever you go you are ministering and you might not know it but somebody else does, you know, and, and this one person, um, his name is Mikid. He was just kind of casually talking about his whole life journey, getting to Amazon, um, how he has three kids. I literally know, <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I literally know all his three kids basically by now without even meeting them. And I know his daughter's first kiss with her boyfriend. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's how deep we got into it. But well, that's, that's ministry, you know, like, just like conversating with one another, um, mm-hmm. talking, fellowshipping with one another, just by literally scanning packages. It's such a humbling reminder that kind of God just 
was like Keiko like I know you're like just getting your money and going home but hey like I put you on earth for a reason and every <laughs> single place that you go to you will have a purpose for you to do you know it's not just like you take a break like you will always have to be doing ministry as Christians and as followers of Christ and so that was kind of like a reminder that like you don't get a break even though you want to like we're always working you know and so that was kind of like a cool thought that kind of came up as I was reading uh-huh. the chapter yeah and I feel like with work it can be interesting because we're at an interesting stage in life where we see our work as what we're going to be doing yeah. at some point instead of what we're in right now. And I feel like this has been a challenge for me lately with like classes and we were talking about it earlier. Motivation is not there no. at all, but <laughs> seeing our classes <laughs> and our homework as still our mission mm. changes it and it, super convicting for me because it's just not there but how are we serving (laughs) and like doing a good job in what we're doing right now because that's what the lord has for us right now because it's going to prepare us for what's next yeah and Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that and then also our identity is very easily found in our work and it can be hard separating like everyone's like oh you're a student or you're a teacher or you're like a worship leader or you're this or you're that and I feel like through this book and like through some of the other discussions that we've been doing through the other videos is like we can find joy in our work because we know our identity is not found in it and it can just be enjoyable because we know that it's all about Christ and what he's setting before us and it's not like we can just see work as like service and it doesn't have to be anything more than that like it doesn't put our it doesn't make us less or more if we have a bad day at work and I think that's like beautiful and like Mm -hmm. if I fail a class you know what like my value does not decrease but not great (laughs) (laughs) he's still rejoicing it (laughs) (laughs) Oh my yeah. gosh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good word on that, Kim. <laughs> okay, anybody else on that last point? All right, on to our third point um, of our discussion, and it's on the parts of citizenship and community. Um, and so he talks a lot about this um, portion on, and I know one of the things that he introduced is kind of just a shared, a shared of set of beliefs about politics and justice and a lot of things that I think that, which is really appropriate in our season of life right now because um, it was just election <laughs> day a couple days ago. <laughs> um, so but one of the questions that we kind of discussed as a class was that how do we view non-Christians as equal members of the community and kind of just how do we make them a part of this community um, without kind of having to draw the line? That's kind of what I was picturing in my head as I was reading the discussion question is that I feel like a lot of the times when we go about, you know, our lives and we meet other people, there's a line that's like drawing between us. And that, that goes for Christians, non-Christians, um, Republican and Democratic, you know, um, just like 
the things, the labels, even even denomination in the Christians, you know, that there's just we're always under labels. And so (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we're under labels, there's a line that's like kind of drawn. And so specifically, how do we just treat strangers, whether they believe in God or not? How do we just make them a part of us and how do we treat them the same? And I've been I've definitely been thinking about that a lot because um, I definitely feel a sense of connection when I do meet someone who is a Christian and who kind of can relate to me. But I've also met so many people who I felt more connected to that um, were not Christians and simply just because of like their life story. Um, And so that was kind of an interesting takeaway. I don't know if anybody else wants to speak on that chapter. Yeah, I think it was really um, interesting to me to think about this concept of non-Christians as equal members of the community when he's talking about, like, citizenship. Um, A lot of times I hear Christians saying, like, oh, it's great that we elected this senator or this president or whatever because he has the same beliefs as me. He's a Christian. Um, And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for us to want the people in power who have the same views we have, but also recognizing that diversity of um beliefs is is a good thing because you get you get to hear different opinions um and you're making sure that you really are viewing everybody as an equal member of the community whether they believe the same things you do or whether they believe something else completely yeah and I feel like with like so like the body of Christ each like part of the body has a unique value and purpose and like no one is greater than the other I feel like that's the same with like the world and like our communities is like no other person is greater than the other each person brings value and like a different perspective and like that's what makes life exciting and different like if we were all the same and thought exactly the same way then like (laughs) what what would (laughs) what's the purpose of doing anything like nothing would be exciting there wouldn't be any like challenges on thought or like innovations because everyone would just be on the same playing field so diversity is needed so Mm -hmm. that we can create new ideas and like have relationship with people because we need to have different perspectives on life yeah yeah I mean because if we believe that God created everything then you know diversity needs to be everything part of everything and that's kind of something that we have to be celebrated um in you know all parts of our lives it yeah that's diversity is definitely something that people kind of zoom through um we always say yeah of course celebrate diversity but then there's like there's always the judgment of like other people being different from me so that's Mm -hmm. kind of where it gets tough for christians um we have a couple more minutes I know we have a backup question and I think it was and this is kind of interesting and kind of just (laughs) and I'm kind of interested to kind of hear what everybody needs to say just like give a few minutes share a few minutes of like what your church is doing in um kind of in their ministry to kind of implement um love and peace and joy in like different parts of just like our social structure um I can share One thing um, is that my church has been kind of um, through this COVID 
pandemic kind of thing, there's been a lot of people that have been affected in our New Jersey prisons. Um, and one of my um, worship leader is actually part of this um, ACLU and the just, just social justice mercy um, who he feels really connected to this, um, just the, the people who are in prisons who don't have the ability to have the right space to kind of social distance themselves because they kind of just put everybody in there, you know, and there's just no system in there. And so a lot of people have actually Mm -hmm. um, died in the pandemic in the New Jersey prison. So a bill has actually been passed um, that one of my worship leader has been working on to kind of release um, the prisoners who are on their last term um, to just so that to go home. And so that kind of just creates more space in the prisons and it's not like they didn't do their time. They basically did their time. It was just towards the end. But that was a huge thing that took a while for people to understand, for people to, for that bill to be passed. But a, like a lot of lives are now saved. And I know the pandemic mm. gets political sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's lives that there are lives being lost through this pandemic. And so that was kind of something that our church was kind mm-hmm. of behind. And I'm proud to kind of say that, um, one of us that our church was behind that bill in a way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, my church has been doing a lot of stuff locally right now with the pandemic. Um, they do mm-hmm. like a huge global work all the time, but I have noticed a lot more that like their local efforts have been increased. Um, yeah. They have like a food pantry in the church and it's just like grown so much they're asking for volunteers a lot um yeah so it's really it's really cool getting to see that and seeing how this church is meeting the needs of people um even just like Mm -hmm. even its own church members too and how they've had to like um ramp up their electronic like children's ministry and doing all these videos um so that and like one of their big things is inviting other families to do it with you. So maybe not like a Christian family, like your neighbors from down the street, you invite them to watch this um, children's ministry thing. And yeah. it's just like a fun thing that mm. they get to watch, but you get to minister, um, you get to like socialize and get to know people. Um, and I just think that's a really cool thing that they've been doing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I feel like our churches have a lot of like the same focus right now with the community focus and especially the community within the church. Cause I know there was a lot of people within my church that got hit really hard by the pandemic financially. Yeah. So um, it was cool to see how my church responded to that um, with like different opportunities to give for a special fund for people in the arc church community who are struggling financially, whether they mm. lost their house or their business had to be shut down or things like that where we can step in and help each other as fellow community members in the church um in a way that wouldn't have been like an opportunity before the pandemic so that has been cool but also right now too with like everything going on they've paired up with low-income school districts Mm. to um give family like Mm either gift cards or presents for Christmas to be able to either go buy presents for their kids or have presents for their kids, which is always like a great reminder this time of year, 
like thankfulness, but also being able to give that extra this time of year is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, it looks like we're coming to an end. It's kind of sad, but I know exciting. So nervous (laughs) to start this in October, and now we've come to an end. I feel like I'm an official (laughs) podcaster. Look at us. I'm gonna go famous. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> now I need my whole setup, like a whole podcast room setup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girls. It was awesome talking to you about this book. I feel like we were paired up together so well because it definitely had a joy. Um just kind of going back and forth. Definitely learned a lot about you guys just by talking about this book and kind of sharing our applications, which is crazy, right? <laughs> um but yeah, until mm-hmm. next time. Oh my gosh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in on this JFTW with HCK. Okay, I messed that up. Oh my gosh. How dare do I mess that up on our last one? Yeah, I think it's HCK. Um, catch Something us like next time. You know, maybe you'll find us... In another world, in another time. I don't know. All right. Peace be with you all. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye.